Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, AKA your friendly neighborhood fangirl. Eternals Assemble! Marvel's newest movie is finally here. Helmed by Oscar-winning director Chloe Zhao, this all-star cast ensemble takes us through 7,000 years of the MCU and ushers us into a new aspect of the cosmic universe. This has been one of my most anticipated MCU movies of the entire year, but did it live up to the hype? We're about to find out, but first, joining me back on the Fangirl Forum is friend of the show and my fellow fangirl, Laura Siri Cool. Welcome back. It's so good to be able to talk Eternals with you. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this film. I, like it's, I mean, we saw it together, so I'm really glad that we got to experience it together. I know. That is so insane. Full disclosure. Laura and I were lucky enough to be at the world premiere for Eternals in Los Angeles, and I got to see you in person for the first time since all of this, and it was lovely to see you, but then also to experience this movie together is just like insane, you know? Yeah, and you looked amazing. I love that green outfit. You looked gorgeous. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm blushing over here. (laughs) Okay, but before before we get into this, first, I have to issue an official spoiler, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh my gosh, we're going to be covering all the spoilers concerning Eternals. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I'm serious. Please go see this movie. You really don't want to be spoiled. Even if you accidentally have gotten spoiled in the past, you haven't seen anything yet. But spoilers, 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 spoilers. Yes. Yes. Spoilers. all the spoilers oh my gosh okay so with that out of the way this has been one of the hype most hyped movies of the year considering there was just so little that we know about these characters and how they would necessarily fit into the MCU Laura I just want to know like what are your overall thoughts on Eternals like what did you think of this thing I really enjoyed Eternals because I felt like it was a completely different universe yes it was the MCU but it did not feel like the MCU it felt like it was it created this branch like obviously like a branch in the timeline but it felt like a whole branch of a new universe like of not only because yes the characters are different but just the whole cinematic feeling of it it just felt like it felt um, like a more mature film like I felt like I was watching a drama that happens to be a superhero film and I really really enjoyed the the family aspect the 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 exposition of it and it just felt like a higher tier kind of film but it's part of it's a superhero film like it felt like what and I, I, I like, and I, I, this is like, it's like, I know we're probably going to get some hate from this, but it felt like, like a Snyder kind of feeling that he wanted, but it's, it, cause I, I like Snyder and like, I don't want people to think like I'm hating on him. I do love Snyder, but it felt like that grandiose feeling of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, and part of the MCU and it was, and, but it also felt like Zhao's creative, like drama like how, like what's what's that word when it's like prestige oh prestige yeah film. and I felt like that if and I overall like I I loved the feeling 
and the, the structure of it. It felt so new and fresh. I echo that sentiment. I absolutely loved this movie. It was really refreshing to watch a Marvel movie that didn't really feel like a Marvel movie. For once, it wasn't necessarily connected to the larger MCU. And I felt like that was important because these were 10 brand new characters that we were meeting for the first time. And we were really looking at like the creation of the MCU as we really knew it, you know? And Chloe Zhao is definitely the person to do this. Like you really felt this epic scope and the way that she shot this movie with so much like, care and practical effects and natural lighting but at the end of the day it really came back to the core of this like found family this dysfunctional family that has been in each other's lives for you know thousands of years and I think that's where the movie was like the strongest for me was when we got to like see these character interactions and it's more in the quiet moments that like made this movie really shine. There was a lot of exposition, but they were also covering so much of this, you know, universe. The fact that like the Eternals are not actually people, like they were created from the Celestials. They are actually kind of like robots essentially. And each of them kind of grappling with that kind of information and their relationship to the Celestials and like this overall kind of like mystery that's happening of like, well, where did the deviant, why did they come back? What happened to Ajax? And like discovering as you go along, there were definitely slower moments, but I felt like it was properly paced for everything that they were covering in this one movie. And it makes me even more excited to where they will go, hopefully in sequels and even further appearances in the MCU. I also agree, like it does feel like this was very Snyder-esque of, you know, this idea of you're working with like gods on earth and the way that like, that's the whole point of Justice League and the whole thing about the DC cinematic universe right now is like, there are like gods among mere mortals. We've only had that more of a fish out of water circumstance, but now we're seeing like, oh, they were idolized, you know, they were they leaned into it in certain ways. They hit it in other ways. And like, I loved, I loved that aspect of it. And yeah, I just think like, this is the breath of fresh air that like the MCU has been waiting for, like for all the critiques of like, these are cookie cutter. These are part of a formula. Like if you watch this movie, it you don't need to know anything about the MCU oh. to enjoy this. I knew nothing of the Eternals. I didn't even do research because I was just like, I want to go in as, as a critic of someone who doesn't know the Eternals. I mean, I know that the, the basis, the, like the basic stuff. I mean, like, but I wanted to watch it as a perspective of someone who knows the MCU really well, like the standard comic books. I know everything regarding that. But when it comes to the Eternals, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to read anything about that. Like, and I went into it thinking, I'm like, oh, hopefully it's not going to be convoluted or, or like it's confusing. But I felt like, wow it did a, such a great job piecing out each character the, the 10 characters that they had and also piecing out what is going on within that universe and you know it reminded me of kind of like the lord of the rings where you had the fellowship and you had to get to know each one of them 
And I'm like, and and it continues on to the next future three trilogy. And I feel like this is what we're getting that, but for a Marvel movie, a superhero kind of thing. And I can't, I, I really dug that. Like where it, it, I just felt like it was, it did such a great job without me having to know history. Like Lord of the Rings, you didn't know the history, but you, you understood it when you watched it. And that's how I felt with the Eternals. Within that though, like what were the stronger aspects of the movie for you? The plot twist. Mm -hmm. I let's get into it. Let's get into it. Oh my God. The plot, like every, like every time, like there's a shocking thing where, and like she did such a great job on like jump scares, not jump scare, but like, you know, like surprise stuff, but also the twist, like the person you think is going to be evil, who look, who just naturally looks evil. Like, I think, I think, you know who I'm talking about. Like, I thought, I honestly thought it was going to be Druid, but anyway, like, you you just it's so unexpected like I did not expect several of the plot twists like Mm -hmm. I didn't expect about like even though his name is Icarus I didn't expect that Mm -hmm. I didn't expect with um what's her name Sprite I didn't expect that that was a big twist for me that like I was genuinely surprised about when she became an antagonist in this because like she totally surprised me yeah I mean each all of them did like, it's just one of those things where you're just like, oh, my God, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. When you think something's going to go a certain way, it twists mm-hmm. to another way. When you think like it, it like it, for everything, I was just I, I was so blown away by the performances. I mean, it's an all star cast, but also like just the writing just always threw me in a in a loop where the relation relationships you didn't know about. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, OK. And then like it's just it overall and you didn't understand who's going to fight who and all this stuff and it was just it kept me off the ed- edge of my feet see even when the slow parts like I knew something's going to be brewing and mm-hmm. I, it, I I was still like anticipating it and it it did not like every everything I was just like I was really pleasantly surprised yeah I agree I think there were enough genuine twists in the story that like, even in those quieter moments, like I didn't know what was going to happen next. Like what other thing was going to be revealed to like deepen it or like twist the knife a little bit more. Like when you find out that Icarus was the one who killed Ajax, it is devastating. Like I, I had an inkling that he was going to become more of an antagonist, but like to that degree and like, watching him break down after like he returned her back to her ranch you your heart breaks for him too like you just killed her but also like he's had this relationship you know like he's known her for so many years like he still cared about her like they're still this family and you feel that sense of loss like with all of them like when Icarus turns when Sprite turns when Kingo leaves you're like oh like you want them to be there and I mean even the stuff with Thena's character you know that she is like remembering her other past lives but she thinks she's got dementia at one point and that's already devastating on its own but to watch her go through that to watch all of them kind of grapple with like changes in their relationship like each of them learning about Ajax dying was like devastating watching their faces you're like oh man, like no matter what they felt about her, 
they all still cared about her, you know, yeah. and um, it was well, so all good. So many twists, like mm-hmm. with, with Druid and him coming back. Like I was thinking, oh, that guy's gone. And then also at the end, when you think it's a happy ending, it's like, boom. No, oh, my gosh. We we, it's to be continued. Just every twist and turn. I'm just like this. This movie kept me on my toes. And I and I, I people are like, this is slow. I'm like, but there's a reason like mm-hmm. each twist felt like a like it was hurting even more with each twist that they had it was like the knife is slowly going in and it's just slowly twisting because of all these plot twists and mm-hmm. that's why I like for me I'm just like when people were like this is not for the formula I'm like it's so new I've never had this feeling of where I'm at the edge of my seat like and it's like with each twist mm-hmm. like they're twist upon twist with like with some stuff it's like maybe one or two and it's like okay like that's kind of expected but yeah but with this, it's like you, they do such a great job of not, you're not realizing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's definitely deliberately paced for you to feel and experience those twists and then then deepen as we keep going into the movie. And then of course, mm-hmm. like by the end, do you know, like we're left with three of them are gone, three of them disappear and they're all in various different places trying to figure out like what we do now and it makes it really exciting I think moving forward of you know where we're heading what these characters are going to be doing and like the trauma that they've experienced we now have all of that knowledge that no matter what we see moving forward like all of that is going to impact the decisions that they make and that is very fascinating to me as as a fan of the MCU, I like the fact that I don't really know what's coming next with the Eternals. Yeah. And I, I think the fact that we don't know much about them anyway, that it makes it even like, it makes me anticipate even more like, oh man, I don't know anything about them, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, but that's what makes me excited. Yeah. So for everything that we've enjoyed, are there pieces of the movie that you think could have been improved upon? Uh, what did you enjoy the least about Eternals? The deviants. There's no use for them. Like, I'm sorry, but like, yes, the twist and all this stuff. But why cr- made make me feel like? I mean, I felt nothing for them because they killed my my Gilgamesh. But I, why try to make us feel some kind of emotion for them, only to destroy them in the end, have no purpose? Because Crow, mm-hmm. when he was like, "You killed my brothers and sisters. You know, I'm gonna get revenge on you guys." like you, you, like we were being used and it's like, we were both pawns. And I was just thinking, oh man, man, they're going to work together or they're going to try to do this. And then like Athena just, Athena just kills him in the end. And I'm kind of like, what is the purpose of deviants? They mm-hmm. serve no purpose, like only to be killed, even though you tried to tell us like, Hey, we're both pawns. We're both like being used by the celestials. Why are you killing me? Like, why are we killing each other? And it, it, it just becomes a useless plot for me. And I did not, I did not enjoy that. And I did not enjoy the sex scene because I don't like relationships in, in my Marvel universe. And then I everyone know. Like, it's awkward. It was awkward. I was sitting there and then they were like, oh, I love you. And I'm just like, oh. like, yes, you could show them in love, but I don't need a sex scene. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I appreciate like, yes, sex is what happens when two people love each other, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like, that was not necessary for me. So those two things, I'm kind of like, I could improve the deviance. There's no purpose for them. And mm-hmm. like, I could have done with the sex scene. 
Yeah, I agree about the deviance aspect of it all, just because like, if they were going to have that moment of like, oh, we're going to team up together, it kind of reminded me of like the scrolls twist and Captain Marvel, you know, that could have been something really unique, but then for them to, they were kind of like the MacGuffin to like get the ball rolling of like, well, deviants are back. The emergence is about to happen. They really weren't much of a threat anyways, because all that matters is like the celestial is being born, you know, it didn't seem like much, but then like, of course they were used to, you know, take out, you know, a couple of our eternals. And that was, you know, did we really need that? I don't really know, but I don't, because there was enough drama within them, you know, to have them come back together. Like, oh yeah, a celestial is going to be born in like seven days. We should probably do something about this or maybe not do something, you know, whatever. I gotta say, I'm a fan of Richard Madden. I think he's very attractive. This whole cast is really attractive. I'm actually okay that we had like the minuscule sex scene that we had because like (laughs) Marvel... Marvel doesn't have the best track record when it comes to romance in the MCU. And I think they have improved over time really recently in particular, but I think, I think it's okay that, you know, Richard and Gemma got it on, you know, just in you an open space for a little theater. bit. You weren't sitting in the theater because you and I were in the same theater. So we you were in the theater and like looking like next to your friends and just watching and they go like, and they're like touching hands and then they look at each other like, oh. And then which all that was sudden, intimate enough anyways. Yeah, but then, boom. And then, and then boom, they're naked and then they're doing the movement and stuff. And it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, cause I'm sitting there and like, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not expecting, one, I wasn't expecting it because I'm, I'm here for a superhero film, like even a drama that a mm-hmm. film so like for me I didn't even want to look in the eyes of my friends around me just because I was just like I don't know how I'm supposed to f- react like I I got the feeling of their romance already that I, I just felt like I don't need to know that they have sex like mm-hmm. yes it's probably is realistic or they like but do celestials can robots have sex but what, that's another thing anyway so, I mean Vision and Wanda had sex and they had twins apparently so that is true that is true that is true like oh, that's a valid thing but you know we don't see that happening true <laughs> so I'm kind of like I don't know I'm just like watch I was watching it and I'm just like sitting there I'm just like I don't want to look anyone in the eye like <laughs> watching this because and I just want to focus on the story. And mm-hmm. I think it kind of took me out because you just don't expect it. You're just thinking, I'm going to learn about this, this, this beautiful story about mm-hmm. these the internals and they're going to fight and they're going to protect each other and protect the world. And then it's like, then the sex scene happens and I'm kind of like, well, that took me out because I did not, ex- one, I didn't expect that. Oh, I guess a plot twist, I guess, but I didn't expect that. And also like, I just didn't think it was necessary to show their their love. I don't think sex is necessary to show love, but I guess I know uh, Chloe has stated that she wanted to show that it's it's natural, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm kind of like didn't feel it didn't it just didn't feel natural. Where I'm like seeing them touch hands, and I'm like, oh, this is so cute, and then bam, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. I can I can see where you're coming from with that because like you know on the one hand like you don't necessarily need sex to show intimacy and to show like a relationship budding or like how deep that relationship goes but on the other hand like I do think like you know we've been in the MCU for a while like 
all of these people are really attractive and having sex, but we could also have that inference too. So like, I'm, I'm more okay with it than I necessarily, cause I was, you know, like you very shocked when that happened. I was like, Oh, we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> also like haven't seen Richard in that position since game of Thrones. So it was like, Oh, this is nice. Okay. We're doing this again. Do the do and Eternals know more than just missionary? <laughs> Are they just gonna be basic because that's what they know? Like, do they know what the karma is? I'm just, I, I mean, well, uh, like they would have to, right? Like, they got married in India, essentially. I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure Kingle learned, but then I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, because like, I don't know, but yeah. But that was just like for me, like I was just like, okay, but yes, I understood your point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the overall like things that I wish, you know, could have been improved upon is like, there are certain characters I wish we got a little bit more time with, you know, but like for the structure of the movie itself and what they were doing, I don't necessarily know how you could have done it any other Mm -hmm. way, because like, I definitely had characters that like. I really liked Gilgamesh. I wanted more of him. Yeah. I really loved Makari. I wanted so much more of her. And for like some of these characters, like we are going to see them in future movies, but other ones, like we just got them and we lost them too. Yeah. Like even Ajax, which I do think it was cool. Like having the flashbacks, like we, I feel like we got to know a lot about her through just flashbacks with her and different character interactions but I still wanted, I guess, more, but I don't know like what you could have done without like making this a three hour movie, which probably would not go over well with most people, but yeah, um, it's already long. Yeah. It was, it was already a long movie anyways, but I gotta say for a long movie, like it felt, it did feel very like well-paced that it didn't feel like I was sitting there for two and a half hours. Yeah. I just recently watched Dune and while I enjoyed the movie, it definitely felt like I was sitting there for two and a half hours. Whereas Eternals, even in the slower bits, like it didn't feel like that much time had passed. Do you know? Yeah. I agree with you on the Gilgamesh and Ajax because I was really upset that the two people of color were killed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially with Don Lee, I've been waiting for him to come to him, like to do like American films and like the fact that he died saving even though I love Angelina Jolie and Athena but it's just like you one I feel like they yes they have a loving relationship one he died for a, the the white woman which is a, a trope that I've seen many times but then also that like the fact that we don't get to really see their relationship we know that they love each other but was it romantic was it friendship was it and you never and like I think a lot of people you never really get to see romance between Asian people other than Gemma like Asian men and so I'm kind of like really sad that they didn't even define their love for each other because mm. I mean if you have someone like Don Lee and someone like Angelina Jolie who are the most beautiful people like there has to be some kind and he's willing to be there for her and all this stuff is it it was it a brother sisterly love or was it something more and I kind of wish that they defined it not because and I hate love romance love relationship stuff but for me I'm just like it it also showcases like a uh, Asian man being able to be loved and loved in a romantic setting because yes Chang Shi I wanted uh, Aquafina and him uh, Katie and him to be have a friendship instead because the thing is like I, I'm friends with a lot of Asian guys, so I kind of feel like, oh, like 
Shang-Chi is like my my guy friends. And so I kind of like that aspect. But with this one, it felt more romantic. And mm-hmm. I wanted it to have like some sort of romantic level between the two. And I kind of was disappointed that they never defined it. And it felt like he died without really telling her like romantic kind of love. And it, mm-hmm. and that bothered me a lot. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, it makes me very excited for like the amount of fan fiction we're going to get after this movie comes <laughs> out, you know, but I do agree. Like, I wish that they would have defined that relationship a little bit more to make it a bit more clear, especially before he died, you know, yeah. like, because it's clear that they really cared for each other very deeply and like there was definitely respect there but you know like was it was it like you said more of that familiar brother sister like deep friendship type of way was it romantic because like he dropped everything for her like I will go with her I will live out my days with her to make sure that she is okay you know and that that meant something and so I I echo your frustration with that you know yeah I feel like we needed that. There were so many different relationships that were in this movie, romantic and even like familiar friendship wise that like, I feel like some of them got like pushed to the sidelines and others got a bit more time to shine for better or worse. And that was one of them, I think that kind of suffered a little bit. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like, I feel like, like we didn't get like, I'm glad we got Kingo and his hilarious because Kamal is like the funniest person. We got to see Brian um, as uh, 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 Fastos who, you know, had a family, mm-hmm. but I just felt like the others like Gilgamesh and um, Makari, like, I feel like we were gypped a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I hold on to about Makari is that Makari and Druig are together with Fina. I like in the mid credit scene, like they're yeah. off and like, we're going to talk about this later, but like, that was one of my favorite relationships to come out of this movie was like their Makari and Druid's like dynamic together. Like they were cute. They were cute. I actually they were don't so freaking cute. cute. They were cute. <laughs> uh, like, they actually I, had great chemistry. Like Barry and Lauren had a really great chemistry. I just saw from the London premiere, like he came up and surprised her during an interview and their interaction was the most adorable thing ever. I'm like, dang it. I should feel even more now. Like yeah. at least your characters. Their chemistry yes. is apparent. And like, I usually hate romance. And I'm just like, oh, like even with uh, Icarus and Cersei, I was just like, I don't give a shit about them. But mm-hmm. like, um, but with Druid and Makari, when they just had that little thing, I was just like, that's cute. All right. That's cute. That's the only thing I'll give you. That's yeah. cute their reunion was cute like them at the end of the final battle and she realizes he's still alive that was super cute like they just they had little moments where like they were very cute like (laughs) not I I also did appreciate Cersei and Icarus's relationship because it was so front and center like and you could definitely tell like he did love her in a way that like transcended everything else and I think I think that's a very powerful message about like you know you can love someone but then like y'all could not be aligned in a certain way and like the tragedy of that too and even the tragedy of like I was really on board with a very poetic ending for Icarus that like he lived up to the myth like he he committed suicide by flying into the sun like 
Yeah. It, it doesn't get more poetic than that. Like, I don't have a better word for it, what you know. Hamilton, when, when you saw that part? You married an Icarus. He flew too close to the sun. I was singing that. Me and my friend, yes! Filiana, and like, like, you know, Filiana, like, she, she, yeah. both, we both sang it. We were both like, close. <laughs> we're like, oh, crap. Hamilton. <laughs> it was stuck in my head the next day. I was like, mm, she married an Icarus, yeah. literally. She married Icarus, who flew too close, close to the sun. To the sun. I was <laughs> like, oh my God, like Hamilton just it made an appearance in my head while while he was flying to the sun. I was just like singing. I was like, oh. <laughs> I hope that you burn. Ah! Oh, burn. <laughs> so freaking good. Oh, and I mean, yeah, like, yeah, like you said, like, those, those were, those are great. Uh, I wish, I wish for more for a lot of our characters, though. But yes, go on. Next, next, our reactions to the mid-credit, though? Yes. So now we're really, let's get into the mid-credit and post-credit scenes, because um, if you were on Twitter, unfortunately, this was spoiled for a lot of people. But thankfully, by the time this episode comes out, it doesn't matter. All the spoilers are out there. It was a genuine shock in that theater to see we Harry Styles we freaking walk. Yeah. Yeah. We were lucky. The fact that he walked in and nobody had any inkling that he was in this movie was a true testament to Marvel's lock secrecy. and key. Yeah. Secrecy. My gosh. The way we all screamed. Like, I was, I turned to my friend Christina and I was just genuinely shocked. I'm like, is this happening right now? Like, what do you mean? And then even hearing Patton Oswalt's voice as like that gnome character, I was like, yeah. that was enough for me. I was like, oh my gosh, amazing. And then here comes Thanos's brother, Harry Styles' arrows. So I'm like, what is happening right now? Oh, everyone. I wish I recorded. Do you remember that like that scene when Captain America caught the Mentor and like everyone was like, ah, yes. Like I felt like, Instead of that, instead of like the, ah, oh, like, ah, oh, like the scream, everyone was like, what the fudge? Yes. Like, it was more like, what? It was all like a, a, a shared, what? Or WTF? That's the experience of Harry Styles walking. Because at first I was just like, that looks like Harry Styles. I was like, is that Harry? That's what? Harry Styles? Harry effing Styles? Like, I was just like, I was, I, I was just, my mind was blown. Like, and like, I, I I couldn't focus on what he was saying. I'm like, okay, I gotta focus on what he's saying. But it's like, it's Harry Styles. It's her, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like it's an unknown actor or even like an actor actor. It's like musician, singer, Harry Styles, who's a great actor, by the way, in Dunkirk. Yeah. And also going to be in a film with Florence Pugh, like, you know, like he's doing things. So they got him. <laughs> what what of all people but yeah it was great it was great it was such it was and like and Oswald showed up at the mirror remember like and I was just like what's he doing like oh probably because he was an agent of shield Mm -hmm. but then I was just like oh no wonder and that's how I felt after the post-credit scene when Jeffrey Wright was at the premiere because I was like wait why is he here oh no he made a voice cameo as the watcher to Dane oh my God. Like, 
We have oh officially God. crossed over. Like the animation is in live action right now. And it's amazing. Because at first, like a lot of us, I think, walked away thinking it was Mahershala Ali as Blade. But yeah. then, no, it was Jeffrey Wright, which makes it even like a bigger cosmic WTF, like the multiverse is like yeah. in peril if he's oh. showing up to Dane Whitman, Kit Harrington's character, which we also got, I think we got way too little of Kit's character I wish we got a little bit more but also it's okay because I think we're gonna we're getting more in the future but he was definitely a character like did we really need him in this movie probably not because he didn't add too much but anyways oh my god that was still a big WTF that post-credit scene of being like what I feel like they did that on purpose because they didn't want to ruin the Black Knight you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Cause he, he kept going like, I have a secret, I have a secret. But you know, people who read the comic books, like people who like me who didn't know Black Knight was waiting for something like that. To, like I was like waiting for something. I'm like, what is he? What is he? What is he? What is he? And then people are like, that people in the end was like Black Knight. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to learn about this character. Like, and then I learned about him and it's just like, cause I didn't want to be, I didn't want my surprise spoiled, you know? So I didn't read well, anything like- about Eternal Dane like about Dane but I I but it got me excited because it's when I read about him I'm just like oh I I can't wait to learn more and like Mm -hmm. I'm glad it wasn't spoiled because I feel like I would have been like who is this guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of like oh he has a thing and I'm like oh this is exciting like it's something new yeah it is something new and uh, I'm definitely excited to see more of him I I enjoy Kit Harrington a lot and now that we do now that it's not like the story of, oh, there's two Game of Thrones, the brothers are back or whatever, which the brief scene that we got with them together, it definitely felt like some fan service, but like, because I know like in the theater, we were all kind of like laughing, clapping when the two of them saw each other again. I was like, oh, the Stark brothers. Fighting for the same girl. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is happening. Haven't seen this since season one of Game of Thrones. My God. Just now that we just have Kit, it's exciting that like to see what his character does moving forward. The whole Black Knight stuff is very fascinating. And I'm excited to see how like that interacts with the MCU. And I mean, now that we know that the Watcher knows about him, it's like, wait, what's about to happen? I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about the Watcher, that for that aspect. Because now, like at first I was thinking when I watched um, What If, I was like, this is not, how is, this is not going to connect. I'm not, I'm not invested. Mm-hmm. But now that like the Watcher is part of this, I'm kind of like, I want in. I want ev- to know everything. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm excited. I'm excited of how it's going to impact and how it's all going to put it all together with the, the Eternals. Because honestly, I was like, I don't know how they're going to tie the Eternals because how could any how could Doctor Strange not know about the Celestials and the Eternals when he could see all and mm-hmm. he, how could he if, when it's coming out from the earth how could he not intervene mm-hmm. so that, that's my question so I'm looking forward to h- how that's going to be answered in the in the future movies yeah and also like we got our taste of Celestials with the with Guardians of the Galaxy like yes. the first introduction in the first movie and then even more so with ego and guardians too so i feel like yeah how didn't more of them not know about the celestials even in particular like 
Thor and Asgard, yeah. like they they would have to know about the Celestials. I think. Yeah, and like Loki and his relationship now with like he who remains from the series and Kang coming up. Like there's a lot of characters who have lived thousands of years who are knee deep in kind of how this whole thing comes together even like the TVA like the TVA would have to know about celestials right like there's so many people who would have to know of their existence in some way and how they react to them now and even like when Shang-Chi came out like I was so convinced like the dragon character was connected to the Eternals like there are alien people involved with this like they would people have to know about these other people right yeah but like somehow they're gonna I'm hoping that they'll explain it of why they not they did not see a a a half face coming up from because I understand the guardians not knowing because the celestial is on earth coming out from earth Mm -hmm. but then I was just thinking in my head I'm like where is Doctor Strange Avengers probably doesn't know at least at least Doctor Strange because I know he's alive um yes but, but it's it's it, yeah, so I'm hoping that'll be explained later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Before we jump into like the yes. rest of phase four and what's ahead, I do want to sit with our Eternals team just a little bit longer. Yeah, it's my babies. Yeah, our, our sweet summer children who are, are 10 children that we got for a little bit in one movie together. I was just curious, Laura, for you, who are your top three favorite Eternals and, and why? Kingo. Because he, he was hilarious and I love his assistant to run. I love that he just made a life for himself. Like, and as a Bollywood, he, he had the story and like he became the celebrity. And it and like, if you're going to hire Kamal, you're going to hire his comedy. You know, there's a reason why you hire him because he's just so good at what he does. And I just, I loved him throughout the whole thing. Even though he was like, I'll follow you, Icarus. I think he had the best character development. He had the best like moments of comedy, moments of seriousness. Like I feel like he got to do the the most range. So he also mentioned BTS. I know I said I wouldn't, but that's just the one thing I want to say. Like he, like a BTS mentioned, that was my favorite. But Kingo is just, he's just funny. Like he, every, every scene he was in, he stole it. And that's why I enjoyed watching him and it's also great that he's a beautiful man so it's great to watch him another person I was I fell in love with is Gilgamesh and I wish I had more and it's because I love Don Lee I've been a fan of his for years but he also was multi-layered like you got to see him co- cooking and I wish we had more I wish that he his character didn't die he's a he's overall caring and overall a really great character and I just wish we had more of him I did love Cersei a lot because I love Gemma but I did like Cersei because I felt she represented all of us in a way like I don't know like I felt I felt like man not only representation of like Asian but I also felt like she just was the human who loved Earth and was the point like she's obviously the main star but she she made you care about Earth too her and um, um, Fastos but like I was rooting for like I just, I just loved her. I don't know. It was just something about her. She was just amazing in this role. So two out of those three are some of my favorites as well. Um, Cersei, I think is like the heart and soul of this movie. Yeah. Like if you had to connect to one of the Eternals, it had to be her, like from humanity's perspective, like 
she saw the beauty and the details about humanity and for the earth in a way that like made me as you know human like yes, yes this is like this is the joy of humanity you know and this is what is worth fighting for you know instead of just letting like oh another celestial is being born we just move on like yeah she really made us care in a way that was you know really impactful and I think a huge part of it is a Jimmy Chan because she's just amazing oh, amazing and then B Chloe Zhao and the way that she shot her scenes in particular like I think there's just an extra layer of like love and compassion and you just felt empathy like from her throughout the whole thing even yeah. when she was like struggling with like you know figuring out her now place as like the leader of the Eternals and making sense of like what to do, you know, you felt for her and we, we really were with her throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing, which was amazing. That's beautifully said. That's yeah. Her, she was amazing in that role. Just fantastic. And even, and Kingo, he is also one of my favorites. Like you said, every scene that he was in, he just took him. you know, yeah. like he stole every scene because he was so funny and energetic, but then also like you know, when he was serious and when he felt the impact of like learning the truth about himself, like you felt that anguish with him too. And I think he represented something for me in particular, seeing a godlike figure choosing not to fight in that final battle. I was genuinely surprised that like Kingo didn't participate at all and that he just decided to back out entirely, that he knew himself enough of like, I care enough, but I care enough not to be involved with this too. And it was really fascinating to watch that progression from when we first met him to that scene. And then even the aftermath of that, and that he is one of the ones who was taken by Arshem or whatever. And yeah, I found that really fascinating and I'm looking forward to having more of him, you know. He, he was very multifaceted because you didn't expect him to give up at the end of the film, like near the end, because he has his helper and that's his mm-hmm. human, like fellow human. So I thought he would help, but that was disappointing that like, it was disappointing, but it also was another human, another human, like it's not, he's not human, but a human aspect like mm-hmm. of leading. So I'm yeah. glad that they showed that he's, you know, all you're not all heroes. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, like, you know yourself and you know your beliefs enough to know when to step in and fight and when to back off. And, you know, for my frustration, because he was mm-hmm. one of the more powerful Eternals at that point, like, I wish he was there, but I also respected the fact that, like, this was the move that he decided to make in the midst of that, you know, and especially because he was so, he was so all in on Icarus being the leader and was willing to follow him wherever, but he didn't follow him. Uh-huh. with his turn which I thought was like he was able to stand his ground in that but he also stood his ground not to like participate either which was really unique and fascinating yeah I think I think that's what makes it intriguing because it's like there's always a villain and a hero but there's people mm-hmm. who are in the middle who just doesn't want to get involved yeah my third favorite arc of this entire movie was Sprite Sprite like surprised the crap out of me. The fact that like, this is this older soul trapped in a child's body and that creates its own type of angst. 
But the second that Kingo brought up Peter Pan and Tinkerbell, it clicked everything for me about Sprite and everything about her. The fact that she was in love with Icarus for all of these years and like that unrequited love, like how often do you see that type of angst and you feel for that? And so when she does follow Icarus to defend the celestial being born, it was shocking, but it also made so much sense. And then, but I'm so glad that like, she was able to have the ending that she could find the way to age and to eventually die, you know, and that is such a fascinating thing that like, they didn't dive too much into, but there is this when you live forever and you watch all of the people around you like live and die, even the people that you love, like how do you make sense of it? And for her to be the only eternal to really experience that moving forward is so cool to me. And like, what is her relationship with the Eternals moving forward? Is she still involved with them? Like, will we see yeah. her aged, you know, in the next movie or something? It's just really fascinating to me. Why did like a fantastic job portraying yeah. that because that is such a hard balance. You know, she came off as really angsty at the beginning, but once you understood her angst, you were like, all of this makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It, for her, I didn't expect the twist as well. The twist of, at first when she went with Icarus, I was thinking, oh, she's going to help them. She's just take, she just took him away. So to save them, you know, mm-hmm. like, to, mm-hmm. to, but then when she stabbed Cersei, I was like, oh my God, like this, she's actually legit becoming like antagonistic. And that was a shock to me because I thought with her intentions that she was going to be like, I'm just going to help them. I'm going to take him away. That, that's why like they were, they jetted off and like, she's going to help him and help them in the end. But mm-hmm. then when the twist happened, I was just like, wow, another twist for me. Mm-hmm. And especially how close like she and Cersei were because like they were living together in London, you know, like doing their own thing before the deviant showed back up in London, like they had like a really deep friendship. And so for her to betray Cersei in that way and stab her was like a big, like, whoa, this is, this is deep, you know? So yeah, like the layers of this movie guys, like, I don't understand why there are people already writing off this movie sight unseen when there is so much happening underneath the surface with all of these characters. Like, it's just mind blowing to me. Yeah, no, definitely. It was, oh my God. Like I, I, like when I see the reviews and I'm just like, like, I understand their point of view of what their like aspect, but for me as a critic too, like, I just felt like it's just something new. It's something fresh and something different. And I think people are expecting the same elements. And I just feel like I'm kind of tired. I went into it hoping for something new. I'm hoping phase four would be entirely new, entirely a fresh new take. And I felt like they gave it to me with this one. Absolutely. Moving forward, like, are there, which Eternal do you want to see more of? Um, Even the ones that we have passed, like, I mean, we have what if now. So like, there's a chance we can still see (laughs) any of these Eternals show up in like definitely an animated space like which which of the Eternals uh do you want to see more of I definitely want to see well I definitely want to see Cersei just as bro as a leader and stuff but I I mean Gilgamesh like that was hard because I felt like we didn't get enough of him and his demise was just the most heartbreaking I'm 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 hoping that we get to see 
just just more of the development of why he chose like to stay with her and his and his origins really like how his life was because he's just it's you get caretaker fatigue too so I kind of want to see that too but yeah Gilgamesh I just felt like his his time was too short and Ajax like I felt like whoever passed like their times were just too short Mm-hmm. But I do want to see Makai's uh, her her life because they just showed her as a thief and like she just goes back and forth. I'm kind of like, there has to be more than that. There has mm-hmm. to be more to that story than her just being a thief. Totally. I definitely want to see more of Gilgamesh. I definitely want to see more of Ajax. Even though I did think it was inventive the way that they did show her a bit more through like the different flashbacks and stuff. But I definitely want more of her. And honestly, like, I do want more of Makari. I think, like, she's was yeah. one of the crowd pleasers of that final battle, you know, when she was fighting Icarus. Like, a lot of us cheered when she, like, yeah. had her had him down, even, like, when Fastos had him down. Like, we were all going nuts over it. And because she is, she's deaf and how she communicates with the world versus, like, she also has, like, this incredible speed and because she kind of came in so late into the movie, I feel like we only got her for like the big crowd pleasing moments. And I want to see more of those like quieter moments with her and the rest of the Eternals, like whoever's left. You yeah. Know? Um, well, yeah, they didn't, she, she's just known as a thief. Like where mm-hmm. was she throughout the years? Yeah. She stole all these amazing things. Was that what she was just doing? Like what else is there? I know. I, I read an interview of Selma Hayek for marvel.com where she was talking about like how she would describe each of the Eternals as far as like as a mom figure, like how she Mm -hmm. looks at each of them. And I think the one thing that she said about Makari was like, she's the one that has to know everything. Like she just wants to know every, everything. And I don't think the movie necessarily reflected that if she was like, stealing all of the stuff. Whereas like I had that interview coming into it to be like, oh, she's just compiling so much information, but what is that necessarily for? Mm -hmm. And that's what I want like developed moving forward. And now that she's hanging out with Athena and Druig and Harry Styles, Eros, like what more is she going to find out? You know? Yeah. It's amazing. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what it brings. Yeah. So of this 10 part team you know this really dysfunctional family within this family which relationships kind of stood out to you the most which relationships were your favorites of all the relationships like the one that surprised me because I don't like relationships I like friendships like I really like the friendships that all of them had with each other but my main thing that I was surprised that I really really felt chemistry was Makaria and um and Druid like, I don't like, I don't, I don't care for any of that stuff. Like for me, friendships, like even Sprite and I didn't feel a, a chemistry between Sprite and Cersei. I felt like there was mm-hmm. some kind of jealousy. I could, I felt the jealousy. Okay. So I think that was good that I did feel that because it was, I guess that's what they wanted to share. So I didn't feel like that was a good relationship. I could just tell she was just, she just hated like the feet of being with her. And then she said she did. So I'm like, I get it. I would, if Cersei is, if Gemma Chan was my friend, I'll be like, she's the pretty one all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like of all the relationships, yeah, I didn't feel the most chemistry I felt 
other than Adina and Gilgamesh, like that was cute, like a friendship. But I really felt, I felt like an emotion when I saw the way that Makari looked at Druid and they both had that thing. Like, I don't usually like, I don't usually ship people. I don't usually like have a spark, but I felt, I felt the chemistry punch me. Like, I was just like, oh, that was, they have chemistry. I, I like that way that they flirted. I like, even like that, they just met briefly for that one moment, but I felt everything. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I really like that relationship, even though it was like so brief, but I've like, I felt like it had the biggest impact on me. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite friendship? Friendship wise? Oh, friendship. You know, what's sad. I really, really liked Ajax and the Icarus, even though in the end he killed her, but the scene beforehand when you know he was like he was like I'll do anything for her all this stuff like I felt like that was so genuine he was her her right hand man he was like I'll do whatever and I think that's why the betrayal hit the hardest for me mm-hmm. yeah that was yeah seeing how devoted he was for the cause and like their interactions that they had just made that betrayal just like hit that much deeper that was so devastating watching that. And just his anguish afterwards, you're like, oh, I'm oh so, God. you so that did that. The friendship was so strong. And then all of a sudden that happened and you're just like, wow, that's like mm-hmm. the ultimate betrayal. Yeah. Yeah, I think of the friendships, that was definitely impactful. I think Kingo's just like relationship with all of them was really fascinating like he definitely had his own like rapport with each of them that was like fun and unique and different like the way that he and sprite sprite really connected to each other i liked their friendship a lot like he clearly understood her more than i think most of the other eternals did i liked the antagonistic relationship between Icarus and Druig like when they like traded stuff in the ship or whatever I just love that kind of like the tension between them but yes I agree my favorite romantic relationship I came for Cersei and Icarus to steal my heart and like kudos to them I still think they had great chemistry I enjoyed them a lot and Mm -hmm. even watching him drop his cause for Cersei at the end and seeing like how he loved humanity at the end of the day because he loved Cersei was like huge and I felt everything for them but I walked away caring way more about Makari and Druig and I think it was because there was this like featurette that came out right before the premiere that had like a headrest between the two of them and I'm like oh I feel something here what's what is this and then I watched it and I watched the two of them like once they reunited and their little interactions I'm like this is the stuff of my shipper heart that like I go nuts for so the fact that they're both alive like that's that's the romantic couple still around and they're together I'm like oh I can't wait to have more flirtatious moments between these two and like watching Fastos and Kingo being like what's what's happening here like I don't have like you it. forgotten this have you forgotten like they were like this like thousands of years ago like they still hold a torch for each other like it's great it's fantastic that was my favorite like is this a thing because I don't like it 
It's like, yes, we want this thing. Like, the, okay. And this feels like a trope, you know, like here is the guy who can manipulate the minds of man. And then you have this woman who can't speak, but he can hear her thoughts. Yeah. Like how beautiful and intimate is that? Like mm, chills. I love it. Okay. So it's kind of amazing that we are in, we're nearing the end of 2021. We went through a drought yeah. of the MCU and now we are, we are three films into phase four. We've had four series uh, yeah. about to have five. And then of course, like the Sony Marvel hybrid child of Spider-Man No Way Home coming out in December. So after, after No Way Home, like there is no MCU movie until May, 2022, since Dr. Strange 2 has been pushed back as we are now. And of this year overall that we've had with the MCU's return with phase four, like, how do you feel about where we're at? Like, how would you define like the state of the MCU currently? in other chaos because I have no idea what's going to happen like because like Doctor Strange it was supposed to be No Way Home and it explains the Doctor Strange movie that's going to come out because Doctor Strange is in No Way Home and I was hoping No Way like I'm hoping that Doctor Strange would explain WandaVision because we've had this long period of WandaVision when did WandaVision end in May in like in March or like right before March because like it started in January and then March Falcon Winter Soldier started yeah so we have WandaVision waiting for until like with Doctor Strange and then we also have Loki with the multiverse and like and you know and Kang who is gonna appear in in Ant-Man eventually but it's like we're gonna have to wait and and all these theories gonna come out and it's like I just feel like I I'm hoping they they just they pushed it back because they have to make some changes because of what's going on of mm-hmm. uh, what like all the change all the stuff but I, you know I just I feel like if if there's no changes that can be made there's no reason to push it back mm-hmm. if they were like we're pushing it back but we're gonna make some changes that would make more sense to me but I don't even think they gave us a reason and then it I feel like it's just gonna it's going to put more harm in phase four because I feel like it's so spaced out Mm -hmm. because I feel like people are just going to lose interest or they're going to have to like rewatch everything again. And plus we're in a world where content is key. We need content. Are they going to give us more Disney plus shows are going to like in between because it's a long stretch. Like, yes, four four or five months is not going to be from like six months actually from no way home, but it's still, a long stretch that you know we need content and we need to know we need hints because it's just going to get worse I feel like the whole paparazzi thing is going to get worse where people are going to spill stuff because they and I'm going to make fun of them comicbook.com is going to be like oh we're gonna like there's this thing happening and it's like no I don't want theories I don't want spoilers I just want the content to come out mm-hmm. because it's just going to prolong all the theory theory people yeah but overall I'm just like there's no, like, unless you're going to change things, there's no purpose of pushing it. As somebody who has just like revisited my time with another fandom and remembering the times of like hiatus and just like how chaotic those times would be. And I feel like we're about to enter another MCU hiatus where like there is so much possibility for spoilers to come out, set pictures theories that become like headcanons and then you get disappointed when they don't happen 
it just yeah. creates a lot of yeah it chaos. creates a lot of chaos in the fandom and you know like we we want to know these things as soon as possible we don't want to be spoiled by any means but we're constantly hit with content and if we wait so long for you know this like I am a big fan of, you know, if it is worth waiting for, like if they're making changes, like by all means, take the time that you need, because I want you to deliver the best story possible. But it also makes me scared of, yeah. you know, what is actually going on behind the scenes? Like, you know, did they, do they not, are we changing directions? Like how yeah. are they going to contort and move towards wherever they're going for it? Because Phase four, in my mind, when it was presented, it was supposed to be like this in-between period getting us from like, we went so big with Endgame, we kind of need to get smaller again so we can get to the next big thing in phase five. Yeah. But we have blown up the multiverse, essentially. So like, we w- we've we gone as big as we can go and it's only about to get bigger. So like, yeah. it kind of scares me that we are, we're getting bigger sooner but then at the same time like I like the stories they've been telling so far that it feels like there's a lot of this like found family there's been a lot of you know unearthing trauma and hurt and pain and being able to like have the breathing room to do that you know and like look at our families of origins looking where like our powers came from like all that kind of stuff the stories are very intimate, but the stakes are feel like they keep getting bigger. And I'm really scared for how, how they're going to keep getting bigger only to come back down again. And then only to get like crazier from here. But like, I also trust in Feige at this point, like he hasn't really done me wrong at this point, but like no way home is about to get really crazy. And so is apparently the multiverse of madness with Dr. Strange and Ant-Man 3, you know, we know Kang is around. Like there's just so many big pieces to be played, but I'm very fascinated how they all are going to fit together as like a puzzle piece because yeah. like, they've laid out a lot of things. Now I'm ready for things to start connecting a bit more, but I'm still like very scared of how big we're starting We've gotten already big and this is the end of 2021. (laughs) Well, my fear is, you know, how Eternals ended, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything's being pushed back. That means Eternals too, if they they announce it, that will be pushed back. And I think it will get to a point where will we care still like, yes, we're getting all this stuff, but it's, they're so separated from Eternals are so separated that it's, and it's so separated that it's hard to put them in with the the three of them that are captured into another movie without it being really an Eternals movie, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause like, then it would just become confusing. Like, I feel like Eternals one, Eternal, then Eternals two, and then you could branch it into whatever, but we need to establish them a little bit more before you put it, the th- three Eternals that were taken in guardians of the galaxy, you know, like yeah. it's just, that would be too much for me. Like, I feel like, Oh man, you're just, I want to still build this this world of the Eternals because it's so new and it's the whole first film is the exposition. Like it was our first thing of world building. So I kind of still want Eternals 2 to continue. But mm-hmm. if you were to push everything back, that means Eternals won't be coming for three, four years, the next yeah. five years. And then will I care enough? Well, I will. 
but will it people remember or care enough to know because if you were to and if you were to mingle eternals with others already i feel like you have to really 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 extremely write it so well to make it make sense because i feel like they barely are a new a new thing a new a new development for marvel so i feel mm -hmm. like they need to have their two movies and then you could branch them out you can't i just feel like if you were to branch them immediately it just becomes like too much i think yeah i agree i do not want to see them next like an avengers 5 or anything yeah. like that like they need because they are so new they are yeah. so separated right. Like, let them be by themselves in the same way that, like, Guardians 2, like, was also by themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, let the Eternals be on their own. They are aware of everybody else. Not everybody else needs to, like, yeah. needs to, like, poke their heads into it right now. Eternals 3 or a later movie after Eternals 2, by all means, make all of yeah. the cameos. I will watch all the What If episodes if they yeah. have them in season two. But, like, I don't need them... They need more time to grow. They need more time to be fleshed out because yeah, like you said, we we had all the exposition done. Now we get to just be with them yeah. even more so. And like, I agree. Like I am afraid of what will happen three or four years from now. Like, will people care? Will people remember? Like, you know, Black Widow came out in July and we know that we're going to see Yelena Belova come up in Hawkeye yeah. you know so we still care about her because we know we're about to see her Shang-Chi was hanging out with Wong so we yeah. know like he's already gonna kind of be connected with this universe the Eternals aren't and yeah, yeah will we care about them I will care about them but like will the general audience care about them yeah, like if if at the end it wasn't Eros, it was like someone that we knew. I feel like maybe that would connect it, but mm -hmm. Eros is completely new. Mm -hmm. So, and he's an eternal, but it's a completely new character. So you need this, you need to baby this. We need to baby our our eternal babies, you know, and then and then we'll branch out. But if you like, they didn't bring anyone that we knew into this world. Like Wong yeah. was into Kang Shi. Like no one. Of our of our ba of our family was in in this even just like Jeffrey Wright's voice, but not many. I'm gonna be honest, not many people watch what if. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what if was very much like a if you knew about it, you knew about it. But yeah. otherwise, like not really. People really didn't know about it. The only connection Harry, like I'm just gonna keep calling him Harry Styles. The only connection that Harry Styles has to this is like he is Thanos's brother. Like the fact that they name dropped Thanos in that way of like. So that's our connection, but that's still not enough because we're still wrapping our brains around like, wait, Josh Harry Rowland, Smith. Harry Styles, they're brothers. One of them looks very human. The other one looked like a purple alien. What is happening right now? Like there's way more questions than like, oh, this feels right. It's like, I need Eternals 2 now to explain what is happening here. Exactly. That's that's why I'm like, I'm concerned with phase four. That's the only thing like, when you want, if we were going to expand it, how it's the patience and the how long and like for the Eternals to return, you know? Because mm -hmm. if yeah. it's like there's no Eternals and it was just like phase four of like others, that makes sense. I'll be like, okay, it's, it's all the same people we know. But if you're going to introduce new things, then you mm -hmm. need to keep them close by. Yeah, which we still have the Doctor Strange sequel. We've got the Marvels coming up. We have Black Panther 2. We've got Thor 4. 
like we have sequels of characters that we've known for a long time or a longer time coming up soon that we have a lot more vested interest in than necessarily like I mean, I really love Shang-Chi, but like, when is that sequel going to come out? That's going to yeah. take some time. And the Ten Rings are going to show up. Is it going to be a Disney Plus show? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I saw Menger at the premiere and I asked her, I'm like, hey, is there a Disney Plus show? And she goes, no one told me anything. So ah, <laughs> we want it. We want it. But like at the end of the day, they have built out such a unique universe and now with them expanding and kind of spreading themselves into Disney plus and streaming, like it is definitely like this case of, are they spreading themselves too thin story-wise, you know, like, are we going to care about like these other characters that we don't spend as much time with in the movies, like giving all of them Disney plus shows, does it become like too oversaturated with these characters that like none of them matter anymore. And that's, that's my fear too, because there are so many like awesome characters that I want to spend time with, but I also, we got places to go. We got people to see. We can't, not all of them are treated equally. Unfortunately, like not all of them can be treated with like a hundred percent care. Like who's going to get like left in the shadows. And I'm, I am a little afraid for the Eternals in that sense. Yeah. Um, That's my fear. But, and also Loki too, Loki season two is supposed to happen for Disney plus. And it's like, now that's going to be pushed back because it's based on Ant-Man and all that, like, you know, all that, all the other things. So I'm kind of like, man, it's just, everything's getting pushed back. That means story-wise we're just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired of all the theories that people like and people have, and they say like, it's definite. And so that's mm-hmm. my other take. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I just want, I just want to know. <laughs> I want to know so we can cut through all of like the theories and the headcanons and all of the like, this is going to happen. It's like, no, we don't know. We just need to watch it and see it. And then we'll know yes. what happens. Yes. Oh. At Disney and Marvel and Kevin Feige, we trust you, but also let's go. You know, I know. I know. I'm like, please just give me what I want. <laughs> Laura, this has been so fantastic to be able to like, talk with you about Eternals and just where we're at in Marvel like it's always it's always such a pleasure to get nerdy with you I'm so it's always so fun talking to you because we're both fangirls and we both have the same kind of like mindset regarding it so it's Mm -hmm. actually really nice to like chat with you and because like when even me mentioning Snyder or anything you understand and so it's Mm -hmm. nice to have that that relationship you know that conversation absolutely it's nice when you have like people that you can be on the same wavelength and have like that same lingo that you get where you're coming from and like it's already understood implicitly like yep this is what you're referring to by this and it's always great to find like peers in this space that you can be like yay you get my nerdiness and where I'm coming from (laughs) where can the people find you uh, yeah, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter all the time at L-S-I-R-I-K-U-L-L-Syrical. Um, I'm, I write for a whole bunch of different places. Nerds of Color, uh, What to Watch, um, Nerdist, IGN, a few other places. So I always tweet where I write, but I mostly tweet my thoughts and my thirst tweets, especially we, about Kingo. <laughs> oh, man. As somebody who follows you, I always appreciate the thirst tweets uh, coming through strong. 
Yes, it, you are a fantastic follow and you're just such a great writer and critic. And so it's always fun to like chat with you. And seriously, if you haven't checked out her stuff, like you really should, I will include links to all of those places. And as always, you can follow me at Meredith Loftus on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Fangirl Forum Pod. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a fantastic day.